Hey, Night Owls. Welcome to episode eight of Isn't It Past Your Bedtime? This is Rachel. And this is Krista. And this week we're <laughs> going to pick some scary books. Uh, Krista and I both uh, watch and read, well, at least I watch, scary movies. I don't know how intense you are into scary movies. I don't watch that many. No, I don't. I'm not a big like, scary yeah, movie. Like on a scale, like you're like on one end and I'm kind of on the other end, but you watch some. Mm-hmm. You watch some. Yeah. I do more like Anyways. the psychological stuff, but. <laughs> yes, exactly. But uh, in general, we're both pretty hard to scare. So I think this week we kind of challenge ourselves to try to find something that maybe was actually a little bit outside of our normal comfort zone, psychologically or scarily. And um, I don't know about you, but I didn't quite hit the mark, but I didn't not hit the mark either. Like the story that I picked has some serious twists and turns. So Mm -hmm. I'm really excited to talk to you about it because I was like jaw dropping, like telling David, my husband, like what was going on in this book. And he was like, wait, what? <laughs> like completely, like so many twists and turns in this book. So yeah. that may not have been like terrifying because that's like a really high bar. I feel like it was worth it. Yeah. Mine, Yours too? I don't, mine wasn't scary. So I read it a few, there was a few nights that I read it and like those ones would be like kind of spooky where it's like, okay, this is actually getting a little creepy. But every time I read it during the day, it was like, meh. There's no real twists. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll, once you, once I start talking about like what the theme of the book was, it'll, you'll understand why there weren't going to be any, there was like a small twist, I guess at the very end there was a twist, but I won't be able to tell you what it is because spoilers, but anyways, you want to go first this week? Uh, yeah, I totally will because I just finished this book and I'm super ready and I even wrote down some notes because Ooh. there was so much that happened in this Damn. book. I was just like, oh my God, where am I even going to start? Just starting <laughs> at the beginning, like just like didn't even feel like enough. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so I this week actually listened to the book because I felt like listening to it might be a little more scary mm-hmm. than reading it. I don't know. I have a hard time with like reading scary stuff because like you can just like put it down or walk away or get distracted. But like yeah. with listening to it, I can kind of just like close my eyes and like get submerged in it. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I'll give this one like a like a real chance. Yeah. So I spent a lot of time combing Audible <laughs> for like <laughs> reviews that were like, okay, this was actually like pretty good, like plot twisty, a little intense. So I ended up listening to A Head Full of Ghosts by Paul Tremblay. What? Oh my God! Your face right now. What? Did I you read this. Read have you a read head this? full of ghosts. But <gasps> oh my God! You read it. Like read it. Read it. Like, like this is eyes? one that I like. I read it for like this episode. I just finished it like minutes before recording. <gasps> this is the book that I picked. Oh my God! We should probably coordinate better. Oh yeah. I'm kind of excited now because then we can just talk about it. Yeah. Now we'll just talk because about you, it. We both finished it. So yeah. Okay, so do you want me to give a synopsis then? Yeah, it's interesting you think there's way more. So you didn't think there was any plot twists? No, no, not big ones. Not big enough ones. I, okay, so backing up a little bit, Mm -hmm. the main point of this story is, so like you start off with this woman telling her side of her family's story. So like she's an adult now, and back when she was eight years old, they went through this family experience where they thought her sister was possessed. Like there was a television show about their family. Like um, they had an exorcism. Like this is like basically her entire childhood, right? Like 
Well, it was the, like one. It's like her one year because it only happened. Yeah, it while was like she a was... year of her life. But I mean, like that yeah. would basically be consuming. Like that would be like the story of your childhood. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's, that's true. Like, I mean, it's, yeah, it's that's gonna like the set story like story you would tell. To yeah, set your tone. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna kind of like set the rest of your life, I suppose. Yeah. Right. So I felt like this was like basically a paramount moment in her childhood. So she's retelling it in her own words, but like she says at the very beginning, like I don't know how much I remember and how much like other people have told me or I've watched on like our family's television show because the tv show was like some real and like some reenactment right Mm -hmm. like that's what I understood like when I was listening to it yeah because there was like actors that played them and then there was also some like real stuff I don't think there was that many reenactments it was like the main intro one because so she um so Mary is the main character and then Margie is her sister who is 14 who is the one that everybody believes is possessed and that they're doing the exorcism Mm on Mm -hmm. um and so going into it why the parents so i guess back up real quick um so marjorie is saying that like she starts acting kind of weird and she's just saying that she it always there's all these voices in her head and her head's full of ghosts hence the title of the book um but then and so the dad like finds religion and really wants to start praying and doing all these things and the mom is like no we're not doing that we're not doing that um and then basically why they end up agreeing to this tv show is that they're really hard up on money and they're probably going to lose the house and they're like hey we'll give you a whole bunch of money if you let us film this and they're like yeah okay and so then marjorie is daughter (laughs) yeah seriously um and so then margie is telling mary um like hey you know like the whole reason we're doing this is because like we're, we're actors this is what actors do we have to like make money for the family and so mary like embellishes this whole story about what happened that like marjorie did yeah like when she talks to the cameras and stuff yeah so she like did her interview so she like totally Mm -hmm. embellishes it and so that was the the one main reenactment was the retelling of the story that mary did so she because mary goes on this whole thing about how like marjorie's like what like crab walking backwards up and eating dirt eating dirt none of this happens at all that happened (laughs) but she had like mary got like super scared because marjorie started saying like all these like mean terrifying things and then was like, oh, but we got to do this to help the family. And she was like, okay, I can do that. I can be an actor. I can embellish things. So that, I think that was like one of the only reenactments was that first part. And then the rest. Okay. Of it Otherwise was. they use like the actual recordings that they use mm-hmm. of the family. But Marjorie got like super creepy. So like, I don't know. I felt like it was a really back and forth. Like, okay. So it sounds like she is potentially like acting, but I feel like that's like kind of the whole point with like every possession story like Mm -hmm. is this girl acting is this real but like there were some parts where i was like there's no way she's acting this Mm -hmm. but also like did she actually bite a chunk out of a priest's arm or is mary only remembering the television version well you know what i mean yeah we don't actually know because the television blurted out so yeah during the exorcism um one of the priests goes to like move her like blank like pull her blanket back up for her and she like bites on this whole chunk of the arm um but like i said mary visually described yeah we're like so she's like the dad jumps in and the other priest coming in like try and pull him apart and like as they're pulling it apart like a spaghetti type string of his skin is still attached to his arm and is now in marjorie's mouth and you're just like lord oh yeah that was gross but then in the tv show of it it's all pixelated out Mm -hmm. so which makes me think it actually happened because if mary is trying to retell what she believes so like if the entire story is basically her trying to tell a journalist the real truth Mm -hmm. like wouldn't that be the truth or is it just her brain filled in those blanks because of the yeah the blurred out television like i can't really tell like what's real what's not like 
obviously this family is like losing their minds yeah i feel like rachel so rachel is the author yes. so th- rachel is trying to write a book um right. not you rachel book rachel this is <laughs> book rachel uh, is writing a uh non-fiction story about the bennett's that's their last name about their story um and so i would think that and that's who uh mary is telling the story to um but i would think that rachel would be like yeah that didn't happen because that's something that she can factually find out right like can she though i mean she'll go talk to the priest he's probably still alive he was the young priest i guess mm-hmm. yeah i mean so it she probably has, did happen yeah, so like, like that right there i was like okay that's like a clear like possession thing like no sane person but i mean obviously at this point marjorie's not sane like she's clearly like on like like joker deep end <laughs> into mm-hmm. this role mm-hmm. if she yeah. is like playing this possessed girl but yeah. like i just felt like the entire like first half i kind of was just like okay so this girl's pretending to be possessed so her family has money but she actually has like schizophrenia or something okay cool because mm-hmm. she talks about like hearing voices which is like a classic schizophrenia tactic right yeah so it's like okay like that makes sense like she's 14 she's old enough to understand that like her family needs money but she's not really old enough to understand like the ramifications of like what she's claiming is happening to her. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like big picture, yeah. like the the TV show and all that stuff. Like that's a little bit like outside of her like ability to comprehend. I kind of feel like yeah, because then they start getting all the all these protesters show up. Because um, technically, you're not um, the like Catholic religion or whatever. You're not supposed to uh do it for televised exorcisms yeah yeah so because you can't do it for fame so you can't televise it but right before that happened Mm -hmm. um the new pope did it and they're like well if the new pope can do it we can do it it's fine so they got like a whole lot of like right wingers coming and like protesting outside their home and just like saying terrible things and of course it's like the age of the internet so everybody on the internet i'm sure just being trash people too so yeah. Anyways, I think so. Okay, we kind of rambled there. So back to the story. So yeah, so Mary is telling, is like retelling um, everything that she can remember basically to Rachel for this book. Um, mm-hmm. But what I liked is then at parts it cuts over to um, this like blog post basically that this woman is writing about. Um, and this woman is pretty much breaking down all the parts because I think there was what six episodes of The Possession, which is the name of the yeah, I think show so. that the family was on. Um, or I guess their TV show is called The Possession. Um, so this woman in her blog post is like breaking down all of the different episodes of it and kind of like relating it to this and like, well, did that really happen? Or like, did they kind of fake it? Like, mm-hmm. oh, this other movie did this thing and this one did that thing. Um, so I thought that was really interesting way that the author kind of was like, look at all these other things that possession movies and exorcist movies and stuff do. Like, I felt like the end was the biggest plot twist for me. Like, after the exorcism, I really want to talk to you about it, but I don't want to spoil it for people. Can we put, like, a little spoiler thing right here? Like, spoilers. <laughs> oh, but then what if they accidentally it? skip 30 seconds ahead and then they hear the spoiler? Well, then we can talk about it for 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about it after so we're done spoiler. recording. It's going to be fine. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but, anyways, I felt like the end of this was, like, really plot twisty. Like I said, the first half, I... I honestly felt like it was just like, okay, classic, like teenage girl losing her mind, not understanding what's really going on. Her family's doing their best to help her. And she's just like really playing into this exorcism trope. But like afterwards, like, I just have so many more questions. Like, I I honestly recommended this book. Like, I don't know, maybe reading it came off differently to you because it sounds like you didn't feel like it was quite as like shocking 
but no, like they I only really... like there i feel like there's only two twists and one of them i don't know if it's a spoiler or not um i didn't find it that impressive um that the writer of the blog is under a pen name and it's mary who's doing this like you find that one early on and i don't think it really affects anything I don't think that's a spoiler no, but yeah, i feel like that was supposed to be some kind of like big twist and it was like oh okay cool whatever mm-hmm. um but yeah it wasn't Fair until enough. like yeah like the very last chapter so the whole story so it's like leading up leading up um, and so when Mary starts telling her stories, it's like her telling it. And then you go to the next chapter and now you're basically in there in eight-year-old Mary's point of view. Um, and so you kind of like, so her sister, so Marjorie like sneaks into her house in the middle of the night um, and just like leaves notes and all these like drawings. And um, it's so creepy the way she does that though, how she like starts talking to Mary about like sneaking into her room and like covering her nose and mouth at night until she wakes up, but doesn't wake up enough to like notice Marjorie's there. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of weird creepy shit that Marjorie does. Like honestly, but it's also the same kind of creepy stuff that like any disturbed teenager would do. Like, yeah. Cause at one point, so like, um, Marjorie is telling Mary should they make up stories together and in the beginning they're like all good nice happy stories um and then as like Marjorie is starting to go deeper deeper into the being possessed by a demon or whatever um you have uh the stories get darker and darker and there's like a molasses flood and all these people die and then there's the growing things which are these big green things and they're just growing up from the bottom and they're growing and they're taking over the whole wide world um and then a dad and the two daughters have to like go and live in this cabin and then the dad has to leave because they're out of food and it's like okay don't open the door for anybody don't do it don't do it and then there's like a knock and then they find out that the dad had killed the mom all along and like Mm -hmm. it's just like all of these like dark and like all of the stories they just like keep going and they're just like darker and darker and darker based on some of those like creepy stories that marjorie tells her sister meredith mary do you think that she, from the beginning, planned how it would end? Even though we're not giving away the end, but you and no. I know. Yeah. Or do you um, think it just happened? I, it, yeah, looking back, because like, like I said, I literally finished this book minutes before recording, so I haven't had a whole lot of same. time to look back on it. Same, same. Um, but yeah, thinking back, there is a lot of foreshadowing in some of the stories that uh, Marjorie tells and the things that she focuses on that she's mm-hmm. telling Mary. You know, because there's times where she's like, no, Mary, you have to pay attention. You have to pay attention. Mary's like, I don't want to talk about this. Remember this. Right. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I don't know that I think that she planned it all along with the way that the book ends. Um, Because I feel like that's a bit much forethought on her part for being 14. For being Um, 14. Yeah, that's a little bit too much. But I do think that some of those stories that she made up maybe put ideas in her head and then... um, people weren't like listening to her when she tried to speak up and so then it just kind of went the way that it went but because I mean another thing that I thought was really interesting in the book is that so while she's like being exercised or whatever talking to all the priests excuse me um she is like at points like she's saying word for word what the priest is about to say like a half a second or a second before he says them all and yeah, they're all like weird too and they're all like oh obviously she's possessed there's no way a 14 year old silly little girl would ever like she rattles off the name of like the bible exercise exorcism book in like perfect latin and they're and like, she's like i know this is latin yeah and they're yes. like there's no way that she would be able to and the mom is like 
no, she's always been a very intelligent girl. And they're like, oh, you silly little woman. There's no I way that's going to happen. how insulted her mom is that they were just like, there's no way a girl could know any of these things. She's like, excuse me, my mm-hmm. daughter is extremely intelligent. You don't yeah. know that she doesn't know any of these things. Like, she could just be playing all of you. Like, mm-hmm. the mom this entire time is, like, such a skeptic. And I yeah. love it. Yeah. But, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to tell if she planned it. I think that she maybe kind of planned it, but I just honestly think that she was just really sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think she was I really don't sick. think she was possessed. I think, like, no. verdict. I yeah, don't I, think Marjorie was possessed. No, I think she had some mental illness, and then with her parents fighting all of the time, and then the fact, too, that her dad stopped taking her to her doctor's appointments and started taking her to church was didn't necessarily helpful. help, because, I mean, there's doctors and medicines and things like that that Richard strikes again so but yeah anyways i totally recommend it it sounds like listening to it would probably be scarier so the whole reason i actually picked this book and i think it's really funny that we didn't actually talk about what books That's we were doing so funny because i had like a list of them and i couldn't decide and then i literally picked last minute um so my coworker has been recommending this book for like two years um and I swear he said it was super scary and stuff. Or maybe he just says he really likes it. Because then when I told him again, when I was like, oh, yeah, I'm actually reading. He's like, huh, I don't remember it being very scary. But on the cover, Stephen mm. King is quoted as saying, a head full of ghosts scared the living hell out of me. And I'm pretty hard to scare. Oh. So, yeah. I also do think if you if somebody is wanting to kind of be freaked out reading a book, either read or listen to it at night because like i said the few times that i was like reading it in bed that i definitely stopped at one point and i was like and we're done after that chapter because mm-hmm. like you know like when it's dark and you can just your mind races it's and a lot just imagine all the things yeah no mm-hmm. i agree but i do think that listening to it was the way to go because like i listened to it i listened to like half of it today because i didn't realize i had like four hours left i thought oh. i had like two <laughs> hours left i was like oh no so I was listening to it, like, up until we recorded, but, like, honestly, just, like, putting in my headphones and just, like, sipping a cup of coffee and, like, listening to it, like, I got really into it. Like, mm-hmm. it got a little intense there about, like, three quarters of the way through. I was, like, <gasps> like, I audibly gasped, like, mm-hmm. a few times. So, like, there was definitely that jump factor, which I appreciated. Yeah. So, Hard yeah. to find. We definitely recommend this. Uh, five head full of ghosts out of five head full of ghosts. Yeah, five skulls for sure. I do have another spooky book that I'm listening to on Audible that I'm not very, Ooh. I'm not super into it. I think I'm like a third, but I'll bring it up since we only talked about the one book. Um, oh my God, I can't believe it. I know. It's The Whisper Man by, I think it's by Alex North. I'm going off of pure memory here because um, my phone is turned off. Uh, and I think it's a newer one, but the whole reason that I picked that one is because Christopher Escalan, who is the ninth doctor, uh, he narrates it, which is... Oh, lit. my God. Yes. I'm yeah. already into it. I that think I added only... that one to my list, actually. Yeah. So, I, cause I, I was like, I, I was going through things, and I was like, oh, I don't know. what kind of I kind of want one spooky. I'll do that one. Um, so, the book is about... And so, I'm listening to it, and I'm not very far, and I've pretty much only been listening to it while driving. Um, mm-hmm. But so basically, what it is, is that um, however many years ago, I think it's like 20 years ago, um, a handful of kids go missing from this town and then like I think it's five and then only four of their bodies show up um, but it's done by the whisper man because what they found out is that all of these kids before they were taken would hear somebody like whispering at their window at nighttime. oh god 
yeah and so it's the whisper man um and so then so the book starts um in like the present and this kid is like walking his parents are divorced he's like six years old um he's walking from his dad's to his mom's or whatever um and then somebody like whispers his name and he just ups up and vanishes oh my god just that just like that yeah just like that yeah they're like okay well it had to be somewhere between here and here like they can like pinpoint the exact like place basically that he was taken and they have no information on it Um, terrifying. and so then there's a new cop who's in charge of the case because the one from 20 years ago like that one kind of broke him Mm. um in his life kind of like he's still a police officer but i think he just he he says that he likes just like the mundane stuff now that would break um, me too. Like that's like an insane cold case. Like just yeah. gone. Yeah, and he still goes and visits. So they ended up um, arresting somebody for it, um, and they only found they're and they're still missing one of the bodies. And he still goes and visits the guy every like week or month or something like that, um, just like hoping that he'll slip up and say something, and they'll figure out where this last body is. Obsessed. Um, yeah, just a little bit. Um, but so the new police officer who's in charge of it all is like talking to the boy's parents and is like just like like trying to get like whatever and it's just like hey like anything even no matter how stupid you think it is just like tell us about like what happened the last couple days before he went missing or something like that and the mom is like well now i was like i guess now that you mention it like he did come in in the middle of the night one time said he couldn't sleep because somebody was whispering at his window but i didn't think anything of it like He's a kid. Kids have nightmares. And all the kids in this town have always been like, that's like their boogeyman is the whisper man. She looks like think anything of it. And they're like, oh shit, he's back. So that happens over the summer. And then in the school year, so then you kick over. um, So that's like that story. And then you come over to this other line of story that's going on. And there's his son and his dad. And the son is also six years old. And the mom had passed away like a year ago or something like that. Um. And so, and the kid is like kind of a weird kid. Uh, like he doesn't make friends very well. Um, he has an imaginary friend. Um, so like half the kids in the world got it. True. Yeah. Um, but he like just doesn't make normal pe- like actual living friends very well. Um, and the dad's like, so the dad, um, he's not necessarily like a bad dad, but he doesn't really, um, mm-hmm. he has, he says that he, str- he struggles really hard with how to like communicate with his son. And so he just, and he gets kind of angry more quickly than like the wife would have. Um, so like the fact that like the son doesn't make friends and like he like gets bothered by that. And the fact that the son's like talking to himself and stuff, he just like kind of gets angry. Um, well, so they decide that they're going to move. They're going to move out of the, that house. Um, so they go and they move to that new, this new town. And this is the town where all the kids were taken from. Um, and so Creepy. you get there. I not move there. Jeez. Yeah. Well, yes, they didn't really, like, know. He, like, kind of had Googled and, like, saw something, but didn't think much of it. And, like, I mean, they arrested a guy for it, right? So. Okay, that's fair. Um, but, yeah, and so the kid gets, so the kid starts going to school there, and, like, the other kids, of course, are all mean, and they're like, you are in the Noah spot. I think it's Noah, whatever the kid that was taken. Because um, at that time, he's mm-hmm. still missing. He's not, um, they haven't, like, found his body or anything yet. Um but like the creepiest part is like i said i'm not very far into it but the creepy part that's listening so the little boy's imaginary friend um he tells him before he moves tells him this riddle and it's something about like um you need to keep your doors and windows locked at night because if you're not you're going to hear the whispers of the whisper man oh but then like it's a kid saying it so they're like 
whispering it like in the audio and there's literally one point where like because it's audiobook you don't quite know who's talking and there's like literal times of just like johnny and you're just like what if i have oh my god <laughs> yeah where you're like like it was like cre- i was like driving and i was like and i think i'm done with this book okay, right yeah now. you're not that far into that book but i'm already creeped mm-hmm. out by it i honestly had a bunch of audible credits i didn't know i had and mm. now the app lets you download them from the app that's like a huge upgrade so the audible app didn't let you download it from the app like before you had to like mine didn't maybe oh. i hadn't upgraded my app or something but i just got oh. a new phone and when i opened audible i could do it from the app because i couldn't do it before oh. so maybe my old phone wouldn't like update yeah did you didn't have the newest version or something yeah because i've always been able to do it or maybe it was like an iphone app weird that's something. possible but yeah. Uh, yeah i couldn't before so i honestly like went through i had like four credits <clears throat> and i uh, got a bunch of like creepy books but i'm gonna have to add that one to my list that one sounds awesome yeah, I'm really liking it so far. I just haven't been listening. I've been listening to other podcasts and stuff at work right now, not not listening to my audiobooks, but That's I think good. I'm going to go back to listen to my audiobooks too because, yeah, like I said, that one was super good. I'm not very far. So. Well, I'm glad you had another one to talk about mm-hmm. today because yeah. we did not plan ahead, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Uh, also, really quick, just want to apologize. Uh, there's going to probably be some weird edits, Rachel is currently sick with a cough. So sick. I'm so sorry, you guys. <laughs> so that's one. That's probably why she sounds different. And two, I will get so to go through horrible. and edit all the coughing out, which actually isn't that much. But if there's a weird jump in here, it's because I didn't want you to have to listen to all the coughing. Nobody so. needs to hear that. Yeah. So anyways, super exciting. We will try and do different books next time. <laughs> Maybe plan we'll a little bit. coordinate better, I swear. Yeah. So next episode, we are doing a non-fiction true, true crime. Yes. Yeah. I have so many ready. I'm so stoked. Yeah. So we decided to mix it up. Um, I think I've only ever read like one or two non-fiction books that weren't for school. And that was only because my library does a summer bingo. And I think they made me do it. That's fair. Yeah. So, yeah. So we are going to pick one true crime person each that are different. And we're going to read the book that's written about them. So That are different. That are different. They're not going to be the same book this time. We will plan ahead. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. So that'll just be really interesting and totally different. Because we listen to a lot of true crime podcasts, but reading about it and then having to, like, retell it without making it sound like we're doing a true crime podcast. I think it'll be really good. I'm stoked. Yeah. I'm ready. And, anyways, you can always find us on all of our social media isn't it past your bedtime on instagram iipyb on twitter you can send us an email let us know uh what book you think is truly terrifying at isn't it past your bedtime at gmail.com and we will talk to y'all in a fortnight bye bye make sure that you know you like turn off the lights and run really quick and you know don't don't look under the bed All those good things. Okay. Bye, guys.